Well, good morning, everybody. What a great opportunity to worship together. It was so good. Thank you, Devon and Jane and Karis and the team for leading us in worship. Uh, how amazing is it for us to be able to be back in the building, at least to worship, uh, to record the worship together. And um, I hope you enjoyed that. Just such a great sense of the presence of the Lord. You know, last week, Dunk preached a, an amazing message on uh, John 10.10. 10 and how Jesus came to give us eternal life, abundant life. And his main thrust of his message, uh, which if you haven't watched, I really recommend you going back and watching it, is that in Christ Jesus, we have eternal life, and that our treasure that, was, that we have in Christ is not just in this world. The life that Jesus is talking about is not just in this world, but in the life to come, in the future, our future, a glorious future with him in heaven. You know, Jesus said in John 17, this is eternal life, that they would know the Father and know him who he sent obviously meaning himself, Jesus. And our eternity is to experience and enjoy Jesus forever and the Father forever. And that's wonderful. And we have abundant life now. And this, so that today I, I want to talk a little bit more into that abundant life and that life of heaven that we have and the power of heaven that invading into the earth today. You know, we're in this season, um, not just a crazy coronavirus season, but actually in the in the Jewish calendar, the season between of the feast between the Passover and then the first fruits and then a Shavuot or a Pentecost as uh, as known uh, in Greek in this season. And so the Passover, we, we celebrated uh, Easter. Jesus is the Passover lamb who was slain for the sins of the world, slain for our forgiveness, slain for our reconciliation to God, and slain for our deliverance out of spiritual slavery coming into sonship and into the glorious kingdom uh, of, of God. And so we live in this beautiful kingdom where we've come because of the death of Jesus. We've come out of the darkness and into the glorious light, out from under the power of Satan, into the power of the beloved Son, Jesus. And so we've celebrated Passover, Easter, uh, as we uh, experience it, we you know talk about it as that, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And the day after um, the Passover celebrations, the, the Jewish people had a feast of first fruits where they would bring the barley and they would wave the barley fruits, the harvest that they've just taken, and they would wave it before the Lord as the first fruit of the harvest for the year. And, and Jesus, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus says that Jesus is, you know, that Paul says in his resurrection, Jesus's resurrection, he is the first fruits of the resurrection. And so we have confidence, not just through the Passover lamb, not just because our sins have been forgiven, but Jesus as the resurrected Lord is the first fruits of our inheritance, of the guarantee that we're going to spend eternity with him. And so the resurrection is so glorious and so beautiful that we live now not just having our sins forgiven at the cross, but now we've crossed over into a new life and we've stepped into this new realm of experiencing as new creations the life of heaven and the resurrection power of heaven living on the inside of us. And so Jesus, after his resurrection, he, ap he appeared for 40 days upon the earth to many people. Um, and then at the end of those 40 days, he, he goes to uh, out to the Mount of Olives and with his disciples, and then he ascends into heaven. And he says, as he's ascending, first of all, he breathes upon the disciples uh, as he's resurrected. And he says, receive 
the Holy Spirit. But then uh, as he's about to go up into heaven, and we recall this, it's recorded in Acts chapter 1, he says, wait in Jerusalem because you're going to receive power. Luke 24, Acts 1, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says you're going to stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. And so then he ascends, and the angel, you know, as he goes up, the disciples are kind of gawking, and the angels say, why are you looking up into heaven? This same Jesus is going to return in power and glory. And so they go to Jerusalem and, and they wait and they're tarrying. And we're in this season, uh, in this now in this 10 days between you know, the ascension and, um, and Jesus' um, Pentecost and the coming of the Spirit. And, and on, as we know the story in Acts chapter 2, that the Holy Spirit, as they're praying on the day of Pentecost, in this, and the Pentecost was another season. It was one of the three harvests uh, of uh, three, I should say not harvest, one of the three feasts of the Jewish people where they were to go to Jerusalem and, and they would come with the the first fruits of the wheat harvest and they would come with two loaves of bread and they would celebrate before the Lord and they would wave that as a thanksgiving offering to the Lord for his uh, his harvest, his provision. And so that was a seven-week seven week period, 50 days, hence the name Pentecost. And so in that, on that day, as they're waiting in the upper room in Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls upon them and the whole of Christianity, the whole of humanity is changed forever, not just because of the resurrection of Jesus, but now the glorification of Jesus, Paul, uh, Peter says, the Holy Spirit, as he's, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, he gives the promise of the Father, the precious Holy Spirit to us. And so the Holy Spirit comes. Oh, I love the Holy Spirit. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? Just take a moment to drink him in right now. Have another experience where you just go into yourself. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within. It's not that you are the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And so just step back into the realm of the Spirit that's within you and receive from him right now. Don't you love him? Just take a moment to adore him. Say, Holy Spirit, we love you. We welcome you. We adore your presence. Thank you for being on the inside of us. Be the wellspring of life on the inside. Thank you. Ah, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We acknowledge you. We thank you that you dwell on the inside of us. And what happens, you see, in that moment of Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit fills the believers and he, and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit and in power. And he, the Holy Spirit comes upon them to be witnesses. They, they've received earlier the breath of God from Jesus breathing into them and the Holy Spirit descends upon them in this, this, this uh, feast. And it's just so amazing that, you know, thinking about this feast of the first fruits, why would the Holy Spirit Spirit come. We're going to celebrate celebrate Pentecost next Sunday. It's May the 31st. But why would the Holy Spirit come on Pentecost? Well, there's I think there's at least two reasons, and there's lots more we, I'm sure we could go into it. But first of all, if it's the first fruits, the Holy Spirit coming, Paul says in, in various places in the New Testament, in his letters, is the Holy Spirit is coming is the first fruits of the power of heaven invading 
now. And so it's not just that we come to offer to God, but all the way through those feasts of Passover, the first fruits, and then Pentecost, it's God offering himself to man, something that we should be giving and doing, but God offering himself in Christ Jesus, the resurrection, the first fruits of the glory of heaven. Now the Pentecost, God offering himself, his spirit, and that Holy, the Holy Spirit coming is our deposit, our guarantee, our seal that we are, if we know Jesus, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's our confidence, your confidence. Be confident in this. The Holy Spirit is the deposit, the guarantee of, of your inheritance. And Paul uses these two or three phrases, actually. He talks about the first fruit. What is that? It's the power of heaven invading earth now that which is reserved for later the perfection of heaven which is you know no tears no sin no uh, sickness no uh, just just glorious fellowship and freedom that breaking into the now for us and so the first fruits of heaven that relationship with Jesus that we can enter into so glorious and so beautiful and I want to encourage you keep pressing into that relationship with Jesus the power of heaven breaking into the now but he's not just the first fruits Paul says he's the seal what is a seal excuse me what does a seal mean well a seal is a certificate of ownership a seal is also uh, an authentication. Let's talk about that. The seal. What does that mean? The ownership. If you, if you, if uh, you know, if you were uh, in farming, you would brand a cow. That cow gets sealed with a seal that says this is owned by this individual. If you had a, a, a document that was an official document that would be sealed, it would be a certificate of ownership. This document belongs to this property belongs to. It's the seal of that ownership. And so the Holy Spirit upon you is heaven's seal of 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 uh, of uh, Jesus's ownership not in a controlling way but in a loving way his ownership of you Secondly, Paul says he's the deposit, the guarantee of our inheritance, the earnest money. You know, when you buy a house, you put money down. Or when you buy a car, you put a deposit down. And, you, and that deposit is saying, I am good for the whole amount of money. I'm good for this. So I'm going to put a, a deposit down. And it becomes a security that is the guarantee of a future payment. I love that thought that the Holy Spirit coming is the is God's deposit in us, our guarantee that God is able to do all that He's promised to do. He's our guarantee that we will be with Him for eternity in heaven. Not just is He that guarantee uh, in terms of God moving for us the first fruits, but what I love then as the Holy Spirit comes and there's a there's a wind that comes and and the tongue of fire on, upon the disciples' head and and then. They spill out and everyone says that they're drunk is the new wine being poured out. What I love about that first fruit, of it's the power of heaven invading the earth, but it's also the first fruit of the kingdom of God expanding and breaking out upon the earth. You know, Jesus... Uh, uh, sorry, in Daniel, God says that Daniel sees this vision of, of a rock that is not formed by human hands, and it grows and it fills the earth and expands, and that is the kingdom of God coming that's going to fill the whole earth. Jesus talks about it as a leaven that fills the lumps. 
you know, of bread and goes through the whole lump. And, and at the end of Pentecost, as Peter preaches, 3,000 people from all over the world, they're all, you know, Jewish people and proselytes, or, you know, G Gentiles that have converted to Judaism, they, they, get, they get saved. What's that? It's the first fruit of the ingathering, the, the harvest of souls that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that. So we're, we're celebrating now as we're coming into Pentecost, we're celebrating the power of the resurrection life, the glory of God. Now us being seated with Christ in the heavenly places, the Holy Spirit coming is proof of that. In fact, in John chapter 3, uh, 1 John 3 verse 24, it says this, whoever keeps his commandment abides in God and God in him. And then he says, and by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Take a moment to say, thank you, Lord, for the Spirit that's abiding in us. Because here's the truth. The Holy Spirit isn't just a force on the outside of us, but the Holy Spirit is God himself, the power of heaven abiding on the very inside of you and I. How much glory is that. Jesus said, the kingdom, you're looking elsewhere, you're looking outside, you're looking all around for the kingdom, but the kingdom is within. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. The kingdom of God has broken in the first fruits, the power of the age to come, the power of heaven is now dwelling by the Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son dwelling in us because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the Father and the Son now dwelling in on the inside of us the first fruits of heaven and the power of the age to come invading now. And so we don't need to look for the Holy Spirit to come because at that day of Pentecost and ever since anybody's come to Christ and then been filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit now dwells upon the inside of each one of us. What does that mean? It's the rule of God, the person of God. You know, the kingdom is a king the kingdom is a rule and the kingdom is a realm. And so we have within us, because of the Holy Spirit, we have the King Jesus dwelling on the inside of us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the power of heaven on the inside. Smith Wigglesworth said, "It's if we have the Holy Spirit, we have the have the, all the power of heaven dwelling within us. So we've got the King himself, we've got the rule of heaven, the peace and the power of heaven. And then we've got the realm, the joy, the life, the fruit, the freedom of the Spirit dwelling within us. So good. So this Pentecost, as we're believing God, we're not just believing God for an out, uh, you know, something from the outside coming in. I want to first remind us that actually what we're, what Jesus said, as he was talking to the woman at the well in John 4, he said, the water that I give you, if you drink it, will become a wellspring of life that will bubble up to eternal life. You and I, in Christ Jesus, because we have the Holy Spirit, have this wellspring of life. So maybe you're feeling undone at the moment by this virus. Maybe you're feeling run ragged by having to manage your children, your toddlers uh, at home. We had some, uh, we have, you know, we know some friends. We've got lots of friends who have young kids, and I, I marvel at you for all that you're doing, having to handle job and work and life and looking after kids 24/7. That's bless you, but you know, you have the power of the Holy Spirit, the wellspring of life on the inside of you. Step back into that realm. Step back into the supernatural realm of heaven and allow the water of the life to bubble over and out of you. 
oh, so good, and that we are full of the Holy Spirit. Let that joy, let the peace, let the let the life of heaven bubble out and bubble over you. So we're celebrating the, the, the eternal reality of the kingdom of God on the inside. I love how in, in the Garden of Eden, there's this spring, a river that comes out to water Eden. Let the Holy Spirit water your heart. Let him flood your heart. Let him be, let him fill you to overflowing. Let, we're just, he's on the inside of you. We're believing that we will experience the more and the more of God. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And so we have the Holy Spirit on the inside, that eternal realm. You know, when, when, um, when there was the flood for Noah, uh, it says that the fountains of the deep burst forth and the heavens broke open. And so the, to me, that's symbolic of, of, of this, of the reality of now, what we live in. We live in this realm where the, that the deep has already been burst forth in us. And what, all we need to do in ourselves is to step back out of the, of our mindset, out of our thoughts and just con, just consume and, con, and think of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, just to enjoy him. Step back into your spirit, man. It's as simple as tune, try, you know, just focusing in, using maybe some scripture to tune into him, to step in, to shut out all of the distractions and just to stand, to take a moment to experience and to focus on him and to delight in him. And you will find the rivers of living water bubbling up within you, which means that wherever you are, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you're in the grocery store, wherever you are, we have life abundant life bubbling up on the inside of us. But you know, globally, we're also feeling there's many people that have been prophesying that we, you know, we've been believing for ourselves this uh, a move of God. What's that? That's the rain of heaven coming down. The fountains of the deep on the inside, meaning the rain of heaven coming down upon us. And we're believing God this season. And that's why we're taking some, some time to pray uh, over these next 10 days, you know, starting, uh, it started on Thursday, going through to this Pentecost on the, on the 31st to seek God. But what are we believing him for? Well, we're believing him for a mighty outpouring of the Spirit for souls and for, for a harvest. We're believing God that we would be, you know, clothed in power. You know, I know Jesus said, you know, John 14, you're going to do the works that I did and greater works. We have not yet seen those greater works. I'd like to see the, just the works, to be honest, you know, but the greater works, how does that come? That comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're pressing in for, for, for more of the Holy Spirit uh, in terms of the, to be clothed with power. What else are we pressing in for? We're pressing in for holiness and purity that the Holy Spirit would burn away sin on the inside of us and that we would be pure and passionate for him and that we would not be of the world, we would not be tainted by the world, but we would be holy and wholeheartedly devoted to him. We're, we're believing God for an outpouring of radical generosity. We're believing God for an explosion of evangelism and the harvest of souls. Jesus said, Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers out to his harvest. And so we're praying in this season for the Holy Spirit, the first fruits 
of, of God breaking in was salvation of souls. And we're praying and believing God for the church to come alive, for the church to, to explode in, in its faith and delight in God and its desire for the lost to come in. And for we're believing God for courage and strength and power to be witnesses in a ways that we haven't experienced before. Not because we don't have Christ on the inside of us, not because we don't have the wellspring of life, but because we want to see God we, we don't want to see a full expression of that. And, and so that leads me to this, in this next question. What's stopping us? Why are we believing? Why, if we've got this wellspring of life on the inside of us, why do we not see the greater works? And why? I, and I, I've just got a couple of things to kind of ponder on and to think through this week as we're, as we're pressing into God. You know, prophets are, you know, they're prophesying God's going to do something at Pentecost. Whether it's Pentecost or not, what I do know is this, that we are coming out of this coronavirus season and we're coming out by faith, I believe in that. And we're coming out into a new world where where there's a reality of people now feeling fear, where there's people have lost their jobs. There's just we don't know what it's going to look like coming back out, but what we know is we have we need the Holy Spirit to move through us and upon us and out of us in ways that we have not yet experienced. And there's a great opportunity for harvest. And so what but so why are we so we're pressing into that and believing God for that. But what's stopping us? Well, Jesus said in John 7, 37, he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And I want to ask you, this is what the Lord's been challenging me. How is your thirst? How hungry are you to experience the more that I have for you? How readily are you coming, wanting to come to me and experience the life that you have. Not running around with your own life and then hoping at some point that you can attach yourself and, you know, I, I can bless you, Jesus is saying, but actually coming to me to drink. And so let's just take a moment now to gather, to repent and ask the Lord for forgiveness. Lord, would you forgive us for a lack of thirst and desire for you? Would you forgive us for not drinking deeply of you? That we have been so busy with getting on with our lives that we have stopped being people that drink. And I ask that you would forgive us and that you would enable us, as it says in the Psalms to, of Jesus, that he drank of, by the brook on the way, that you would enable us, Lord, to drink of you and that living water that's on the inside. First of all, to bubble up and to well up within us, to water our souls that we would drink and that we would enjoy your presence. Lord, forgive us for not enjoying you. Change that around. Make us a people that are so in love with you and so full of enjoyment and desire for you because in your presence, there's fullness of joy and pleasures at your right hand. We're happy with the status quo. May that never be. Lord, forgive us for being happy with status quo. We want the more that you have for us, those greater works that Jesus prophesied. Secondly, John, sa John says, just recording Jesus saying this, those who believe out of their innermost being will spring forth living, forth living water. And so I, I wonder whether one of the things that we're not, we're not seeing the fullness of what God has for us because of a faulty belief system. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's doubt and unbelief. 
I know the Holy Spirit's really been dealing with me in these last few weeks about uh, my pride and about my belief or my lack of belief, my belief in the wrong thing. Faith, there's always faith. It's, do we put our faith in God or do we put our faith in the wrong thing, in something else? And, and that's we, the Bible calls that doubt. But are we, you know, is there a faulty belief system where we actually don't believe God that there is a living water on the inside of us? Do is maybe there's fear or there's anger or there's lust or there's bitterness or there's unforgiveness or there's jealousy that's on the inside of us that's actually blocking the flow of the life on in the spirit because we're joined with Christ in the spirit, our spirit's connected with him, but maybe there's a something that's blocking us from that overflow into our souls. So the issues of the soul that are stopping us from experiencing that life in our soul realm as well as in the spirit. And uh, or maybe it's a sense of faulty belief that somehow God is out there and we need him to come close and we need him to draw near and and somehow if you know that we we haven't done enough to draw him near. He's on the inside of us. How much nearer can he get? But let's take a moment and even in this next season, we've got seven days now until Pentecost. But beyond that, even beyond that, as we believe in God for an outpouring and, and, and his life to overwhelm us on the inside of us, Paul prays, he says that I pray in Ephesians that we would be expanded on the inside, that Christ, by the power of the Spirit, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. In other words, what's in our spirit man would now come into the realm of our heart and our soul and then flow out of us in, into living waters out of our be innermost beings. And so, Lord, we confess and we repent of the issues of the soul for our faulty belief system, Lord, that says that we somehow we don't have enough of you or that there's anger or there's fear or there's things that are blocking us from, achieve, from experiencing the life that you have for us. Lord, we repent, Lord, for our jealousy. We repent for our pride. We come humble knowing, Lord, that you are the one that we need. Lord, that in ourselves we have nothing, but in you we have everything. And so we come to you as our endless and eternal supply, and we humble ourselves, Lord, and we say, God, we need you. God, we're looking for you. And I, I pray through this next season that you would ex experience a, a, a humility. Uh, I pray that for me too, that we would experience a humility that would bring us to, to, to Jesus. But then that humility wouldn't keep us in a place of saying that we are worms, but actually we would step into our true godly identity. Humility, true humility is never I, I denying who we are. It's recognizing the source of who we are. And we have treasure, glorious treasure in heaven. And so we believe in God for that. We want to drink. We want to experience God more, his life of us. But you know, as I've been speaking, you can only experience the power and the life of heaven and the freedom of God by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus himself is our salvation. He's the doorway into this glorious kingdom. He's the doorway into receiving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables us to come to Jesus. He draws us to Jesus, but we have to put our faith and our trust in him. And so if you have not yet put your faith and trust in him, in Jesus, if you haven't made him your Lord and Savior, 
There's a, a details at the bottom of the screen where there's people standing by who would love to pray with you and introduce you to Jesus and then have you baptized in the Holy Spirit that you could experience the life and the power of heaven. And as we wrap up for us church family, press in. Step back into the realm of the spirit, your spirit, where the kingdom of God is within. Humble yourself as the Lord giving, let the Lord release grace to us, that we would humble ourselves, that we would fix our eyes upon Jesus, we would drink deeply from the inside well of the Holy Spirit, that we would press in for the harvest to come, and that out of us, as, we, as, we, as the Lord purifies our hearts, would flow this glorious river of the streams of water. And that looks like signs, wonders, miracles, a heart that's pure, words of knowledge, prophecy. Paul says, eagerly desire those things. Pursue love, eagerly desire prophecy and the spiritual gifts. Church family, now is the time to not hold back, but to press in for more. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you to experience the rivers of living water. I bless you to know the power of the Spirit on the inside. And I bless you to release the Holy Spirit wherever you go with life and love and joy and peace multiplied to you. Here's the thing, Pentecost, there was two loaves of bread. What does that speak of? It speaks of multiplication. It speaks of the kingdom of God, not just staying in you, but re replicating across into many other people. So I bless you with that in the mighty name of Jesus. Love you. Be filled.